Hello, and welcome to the G2 podcast. Well, I hope you enjoy the talks. I don't know what type of fears do you have, but today I'm going to share the fear I have. And this is actually one of the biggest ones. And uh, speaking in front of a large crowd actually terrifies me. And <laughs> so yeah, but here we are now. And, and, and it's, it's not... The, <laughs> Today is not the first time I'm experiencing like this deepest fear, but there was one particular day when that fear completely overwhelmed me and enabled me to move. So back when I was in year three, my school organizers a history and science fair, inviting students from second year to seventh year to present a character who had made a significant impact on his history. So they promised attractive prices, so I was very, very excited, and I said, I'm, I'm going to do it. I went home bossing to share the news with my parents, and, and they said, it's fine, Adoniel, we'll be there for you, we'll support you till the end. At that time, I was filled with patriotism and immense pride in, me, in being Mexican. So I chose to speak about Miguel Hidalgo y Costilla. The father of the Mexican independence, an abolitionist, a champion for the unprivileged, a brilliant military strategist, and above all, the hero of my heart. <laughs> I started extensive research on Miguelito. I prepared a five-minute speech highlighting the remarkable stories surrounding this historical figure. And, and my parents even helped me to create a... a <laughs> to create a costume that closely resembled my hero. The day of the exhibition finally arrived. I was fully prepared. I remember very, very much. I woke up that morning, put my costume on. I had my morning porridge with peanut butter. That's the best breakfast you could ever have. I know that some people here are fussy with peanuts, but well, that's fine. <laughs> and on my way to school, I rehearsed the speech and practiced the movements I will do on the stage. I, I, I like to move, that's why today they gave me all of this space. No, I'm not gonna use it. But I, and as I arrived to the school, the spirit of my hero gently moved on my cheeks and filled me with inspirations. I was ready for this. I had been ready for this moment. I was the eighth student. So imagine if we go to Adonil, I, I was here and all these students were there, right? I was the eighth student and, and I started seeing one by one going to the front, delivering brilliant presentations. While I was here, I started to feel like, okay, Adonil, you can do this, come on. You have people. Come on, you're Mexican, let's go. It was my turn. Now we're gonna, well, now we're gonna receive Adonian Martinez, year three. My heartbeat increased. I took the microphone. I pause. 
I froze. I froze. I was completely de deactivated. Um, believe it or not, my face turned white. No time, no more. And my hands were shaking. The fear of speaking in public had overwhelmed my body, paralyzing me and stopping me from delivering my presentation to the entire school. The fear I experienced that moment robbed me of my freedom to move and speak. And perhaps public speaking isn't a fair you can relate to. I, I, I didn't listen to all the fears that you guys were sharing, but maybe some, some people here are afraid to, to darkness or maybe others are afraid to spiders. Or if we go a little bit deeper, maybe you're, you, you fear death or being forgotten, or perhaps you fear not being good enough. There may have been moments in your life when fear has overwhelmed you, leading you to take decisions you didn't want to take. It's possible that the fears you encounter are so ever-present that they disturb you from your rest. Maybe you are right now wrestling with fears that consume you, leaving you feeling trapped with no escape. But with deep compassion and a lot of love, I have, a good, I have good news for you and for everyone here. Regardless of our fears, Christ has set us free to live a life of true freedom. Christ has set us free from fear. And today's passage on Daniel serves as an invitation for everyone to embrace freedom. So let's unpack it together. I'm going to pray before we start. And Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the weather. Thank you for the people that have been here setting up everything. Father, thank you for the conversations we already have around this topic. Father, I pray that our ears can be open to you. I pray that my mouth can inspire people through your spirit. Holy Spirit, use my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So in Daniel 6, we find Darius. Darius is the new king, and he appoints 120 satraps. If you have your Bible there, you can open it, Daniel 6. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be going around that, that chapter and skipping some some Bible verses, so, so don't worry, just have Daniel 6 so you don't lose track of the story. So Darius, the new king, appoints 120 satraps. And the satraps were the provincial governors of the ancient Persian, ancient Persian Empire. And they, they are there to govern the kingdom, with three administrators to oversee them, one whom is Daniel's. And these satraps basically are held accountable to the administrators to prevent any loss to the king. And, and if we recap a tiny bit, by this chapter, Daniel has already served under three kings for 70 years. But let's not forget, as Holly said, the whole nation was taken by force out of their land. And the first king is Nebuchadnezzar, the king that we studied on our small groups, which had a dream and built a statue. The second one is 
King Belshazzar, that's his son. So if you want to know who he is, carry on with us. Not today, but maybe later. And the third one is now Darius. With the arrival of Darius, new rules and a different system of governance are implemented. And despite not having prior knowledge of Daniel or having worked with him before, Daniel recognizes that he is different. Daniel rec Darius recognizes that Daniel is exceptional and places him in the highest position among all governors. Daniel is elevated above 120 satraps. And the reason Daniel stands out is, regardless of who the king is, he remains devoted to the same God. It doesn't matter if we change managers, supervisors, landlords, because we have the same God. And the same God who helped you in your previous job can help you in the new one. The same God who provided and guided you through university can continue to do so in your new stage of life. It doesn't matter if our circumstances change because we have the same God. And Daniel does not fear change in leadership because he remains faithful to the same God and God is the one who grants him favor. In verse 3, it's mentioned now Daniel, because of the extraordinary spirit within him, began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and the satraps. And the king planned to appoint him over the entire realm. So when, when, this, when King Darius starts his new administrator, he notices something remarkable about Daniel's character too. And I, I imagine Daniel saying like, oh, there's, there's just something about this guy, Daniel, that is just a tiny bit different to the other one. And I, what a great guy. Are you sure he's Hebrew? Is he not Mexican or something like that? <laughs> I, I just imagine him asking things like that. And, and Daniel, who was taken into captivity as a teenager, and now is a grown old man who remains steadfast in his faith. The incredible aspect of Daniel's story, and we're going to keep discovering this, is that he remains righteous, and God uses him to care for his people. God demonstrates his strength on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And God uses a godly man in a godless nation. With Daniel's life, God uses a godless a godly man in a godless nation. God uses his people, God uses his people in places that need hope, that need love, that need light. God uses his people. Going back to the story, and however, the satraps become fearful of Daniel. They, they, and they started looking for reasons to lodge complaints against him regarding his duties over the kingdom. And as Yoda, even though I'm not a Star Wars fan, I think this is very useful to remember. As Yoda wisely say, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Fear is not the way. Fear of losing something we already possess, such as a relationship or a friendship, can lead us to jealousy or envy. Fear can breed anxiety 
and anxiety fosters more fear. Fear becomes less like a disease that bit by bit starts to consume. And these satraps, driven by fear, develop hatred and attempt to find fault in Daniel. Yet they fail to discover any valid reason to rescue, to accuse or blame him because Daniel is faithful, honest, and, and has done nothing wrong. The Spirit of God rests upon Daniel and that's what enabling him to walk in freedom and remain faithful in all his actions. In verse 5, they concluded, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And I, I don't know if you have noticed some similarities here with Jesus' trial. The priest, who, who we know the story, the priest used Jesus' understanding of his identity and his close relationship with him, with the Father, to condemn him to the cross. And this story, the other satraps are also using Daniel's faith in God against him. Following this, the administrator created a plan to catch Daniel violating the king's decree. They convinced King Darius to issue a proclamation for bidding petitions to any god or man other than himself. They wanted to ensure that no one would worship else other than Darius for a period of 30 days. And if everyone do it, they're going to be thrown into the lion's den. And then Darius in his arrogance agrees and he says, oh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. It's like, imagine everyone in the kingdom just saying, Darius, Darius. That, that, that was a good idea for him. And, and the, this decree cannot alter it even by the, the king himself. So the administrator set up the decree for 30 days, but they knew they only needed one day to trap Daniel. And with this, my friends, we have reached the climax of our story. Thanks for synchronizing Radio 1. No. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, and, and uh, as I said, this is the climax of our story. And if you are going to remember something tonight, just today, have this in your heart, please. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room, with the windows open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before, just as we did before. It is in the presence of God, when we kneel before him and recognize him as your savior, your redeemer, and the source of your salvation, that you truly experience freedom from fear. When, we, when the decree was announced, Daniel retreated to his room to pray with the windows open toward Jerusalem. Daniel directed his prayer towards Jerusalem because it symbolized the city of God where Solomon built a temple. And it says that the eyes and heart of God inhabit that. This act of praying towards Jerusalem was not a merely religious act or ritual. Because 
Jerusalem had already been destroyed. It, it didn't exist anymore. Instead, Daniel prayed with hope. He prayed towards Jerusalem with hope, anticipating the coming of the Messiah whom he eagerly awaited. Daniel remained steadfast in his worship to God, of God, and this faithfulness granted him freedom from fear, even, even fear of death. The windows open symbolize Daniel's fearlessness, his relentless trust in God and his knowledge that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Words to have in our heart all the time. So the plan was successful and the administrators went to inspect Daniel, informing Darius, hey Darius, check this out. Didn't you decree that if someone worshiped someone else's except that you is going to be thrown to the lions then? Well, Daniel has been praying to his God again. Daniel, Daniel again. Three times a day. And with this, Darius became distressed. He tried all day to save him. He experienced that fear, saying, my friend, my friend is going to die. The Daniel who I appointed above everyone. And I cannot do anything. And as Daniel faced this deadly situation, the king said to him, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Have you ever been in a death or life situation? Or maybe you've been in a situation where all, where do all the odds seem against you? With this, Daniel was about to experience one of the most terrifying experiences in his entire life. And the last words that Darius said were, th before throwing him into the lion's den were, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. When we serve God, he is the one who fights our battles, despite all the horrors life could bring. Even if we are thrown into a lion's den. Last year, I went through one of the most challenging periods in my life. I'm, I'm usually a good planner, and, and, and I, I like to have a macro vision of what is going to happen. My vision sometimes go five years in the future, and you say, like, how can you plan five years? And you're like, yeah, I know it's crazy, but I love it. I, I would love to see where I want to go in five years. However, when I came to the UK and decided to stay in this country, everything changed. I abandoned in Mexico a clear professional development, a family, and a ministry that I love with all my heart. The dreams I had built for so many years were gone. And this decision involved a financial risk and the fear of uncertainty and the financial insecurity associated with that decision began to consume every bit of hope in me. The fear of a massive debt troubled me and I didn't know 
in that moment, I will suffer to that extent. The Adonir, I know, brave despite the situations, had fear and doubt if God was going to help him in this one. The fear was so big that thoughts came to my mind like, I will be easier if I just die. By contract, the death will be clear. It will be just easier. This death is bigger than me. And I don't see a possible way to go out. When we are surrounded by fears, it seems that the circumstances are bigger than God. When we are in the middle of the storm, we can't forget that Jesus is with us in the ship. At that moment, I forgot that the God whom I serve continually can rescue me again. I forgot that Yahweh, my God, he is the Lion of Judah. And that he, if he is with me, who can be against me? It is in the presence of God when we kneel before him and recognize him as our Savior, our Redeemer, and the source of our salvation that we truly experience freedom from fear. Imagine what would it happen if everything we faced, if all the fears we face, we face them with prayer, with prayer. Whenever we find ourselves in challenging situations where there seems to be no way out, we follow Daniel's example. We retreat to our room, find a quiet space and start praying to God, worshiping him and expressing him gratitude for everything in your life, the good, the bad, the things that you don't know are going to happen, the things that you already lived, the things that you're expecting, everything. Through prayer, we can experience a profound sense of peace and find strength to overcome our fears. In the presence of God, that's where we experience freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we already asked this, but what are the lions in your then? What are the things that if you were placed with them will devour you? Perhaps the lions in your then resemble the fear of change or the fear of rejection. Maybe they take the form of temptations that constantly threaten to consume you. Maybe the lions in your then as, are as fearsome as the fear of getting hurt or being judged. Or perhaps the imminent presence of financial insecurity feels like a lion drawing closer and drawing closer and drawing closer, preparing to take its first bite. Or maybe you feel that you have been inside the lion's den for so long that you have lost your sense of freedom and darkness is all around you. And you start getting comfy in that zone. 
What are the lions in your life that Jesus needs to come and shout their mouths? The extraordinary end of this story accomplishes the promise that God gave to us in Isaiah 41.10. It says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed because I am, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Daniel remains faithful to God and God remains faithful to him. In verse 22, Darius is about to see what happened to his friend Daniel. He's, he, he, he really wants to see what happened. It's just the first night, but he, he has a lot of faith. And he goes and opens the door and says, Daniel, Daniel, are you there? And Daniel says, my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not heard me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. Jesus Christ is with us. In every single member of this church, from the youngest to the oldest, from those who arrived to this church a lot of years ago, from also to the ones that just are here today for the first time. Jesus Christ is in us. And there are not big lions or small, small lions he cannot defeat. There are not big thoughts of anxiety, self-doubt, judgment, or insecurity he hasn't conquered on the cross so that we could live a life of freedom. We just need to partner with him, knowing that he will be by our side and saying, okay, God, this is it. Let's go together to the lion's den. Let's go together. I will remain steadfast no matter how difficult the circumstances are, no matter how, no matter everything that I'm living. It doesn't matter if I, I am afraid of speaking in public, I'm still going to do it. Because I know that your spirit is in me. I know I cannot pay this debt by myself. But I will remain steadfast in your promises. Because if I have you, I lack nothing. I know I feel inadequate for this role I just started. But I will decide to see myself the way you see me. As an heir of God and go ahead with Christ. I know I've been in my comfort zone. I know that I've been trapped here. And I have fear to fail. But your goodness and love will follow me for all the days of my life. I am scared about transitioning from uni to work life. But I'm not afraid when you walk by my side because you are the one who guides me and makes me feel sure, secure. And today we have an invitation individually and as a community we can walk in freedom from fear. 
And as we walk, our presence automatically liberates others. There's, there's a poem that I like to, to, to say to myself every day, knowing that it's true from Marianne Wilson. She wrote, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that must frighten us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel unsure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. As we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And I'm going to ask the band to go to the front. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. G2, we are the children of God. And Jesus has set us free to live a life of true freedom. We are godly people sent to a godless nation to manifest the glory of God. But we just need to let our light shine. And today I want to pray for you, for us, and ministry, ministry freedom from fear in our lives. And if this is something that resonates with you, I invite you to close your eyes. Let's start engaging with God. Maybe bring to your mind the question that we ask at the beginning of the service. What's my deepest fear? In my life, what those lions look like? Bring it. Because today Jesus is saying, there are no lions I cannot defeat. There are no negative thoughts that invade your mind. I already have a defeat on the cross. Let your light shine. I'm giving it to you. Just let it shine. So if there is something that you would like to present to God and say, God, it's all right. Let's go to the lions then. Let's do it together. I'm going to invite you to present it with the two hands. Let's do this, this something symbolical. 
And Father, this day, we come, we gather as a community to say that we love you, to say thank you for every situation I've been. Thank you for all the good things that you have given me. But also thank you for all the problems. Thank you for the good. Thank you for the bad. But I don't want to go to the lion's den by myself. I invite you in. Let's go together. Let's release this fear together. Now release it. Throw it to the air. Spirit of God, I pray for everyone here. I pray that your spirit that surpasses every understanding fill every heart. Father, I pray for strength. I pray for faith. I pray that if someone here is navigating through fear, they may find hope in you. Father, I pray for a love, love. I pray that we can also be brave enough to say, I'm experiencing this. Friends, help me out. And I pray that you can deposit more loves in our lives so that we can go and help those who are suffering. Father, I ministry freedom this day knowing that you died for us so that we can be free today. Knowing that every trouble you already went through so that we could be free today. So, Father, I pray that during this week we can experience your freedom in the tiny things in the big things that we could see you working in our lives and we can be brave enough to go to the lion's den with you because we know that you are by our side. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.